0: you're passionate about transforming retail operations and improving performance, plus you're accountable for key change projects and programs in your company, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. Hey there, and welcome to the Retail Transformation Show. I'm Oliver Banks, your host and your guide to successfully delivering your retail transformation. Thanks for tuning in. This one is episode 128, number 128. Real-life retail examples of funky new tech executions often attract a lot of attention. And recently, certainly over the course of the pandemic, a lot of those executions have been in the form of AR, augmented reality, or VR, virtual reality. And I wanted to dive deeper into these to understand a little bit more and to see whether they're just a hot topic during the coronavirus pandemic or whether this truly is a sign of where retail is heading. So to dive deeper into the world of AR and VR and the metaverse, I'm turning to a leading futurist and a recognised leader in some of these technologies, AR, VR and the metaverse, as I say. So today... I'm delighted to welcome Kathy Hackle onto the Retail Transformation Show. If you don't know Kathy, as I say, she is a, a tech futurist and a real expert in VR and AR and spatial computing. She's been recognized as a LinkedIn top technology voice. She's a champion for diversity and she's worked with some of the biggest names in technology. She leads the Futures Intelligence Group a futures research and consulting firm working with clients in a whole range of industries in technology, in fashion, in media, and even in government and defence as well, looking in at innovation strategies, strategic foresight, and new and emerging technologies. This is a really interesting conversation that you're about to hear, diving into some of the huge opportunities that do exist, and I promise you they are out of this world. Show notes for today are going to be at obandco.uk slash 128. That's obandco.uk slash 128. So sit back, grab your VR goggles, and let's dive into Retail in the Metaverse with Kathy Hackle. So today I'm really excited to be joining Kathy Hackle here on the Retail Transformation Show. Cathy, how are things? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Well, I can't wait for this conversation. You're a real expert in what's known as the metaverse, which is the whole world of AR and VR. And really, I guess let's just start there and get everyone on the same page here, Cathy. What are we talking about when we're talking about AR and VR
1: yeah, so let's start with AR and VR, and, and then we'll get into the metaverse. But cool. you know, AR easiest way to explain it is when you add a digital element to your reality. So it could be a Pokemon, or it could be a lens, you know, through Snapchat or Instagram, or it could be something more involved than that. Right? It could be th- through spatial spatial computing or augmented reality glasses, and, and you see holograms in front of you. Mm. But you still see the real world. With VR, you obviously most people know what it is by this point. But you put on a virtual reality headset and you go into a virtual world and you don't see necessarily the real world so yeah there's some difference there and some nuance with the metaverse the way i define it is it's this convergence of the physical and the digital world kind of where we're heading Mm. and it's it's when the world becomes machine readable in some way
0: what do we mean by that help me understand
1: yeah, so the way I explain it to people is there's certain factors into into what the metaverse is, right? Some people think metaverse and they think Snow Crash, which is Neil Stevenson's sci-fi novel. He's the first one to coin a term. And I actually got to work with Neil at uh, Magic Leap. He was our futurist. So it was really exciting. Or people think Ready Player One Oasis, right? Mm-hmm. Which is the, you know, the character who put the virtual reality headset on, go into this virtual world called the Oasis. It was all VR the metaverse is not only VR, the metaverse to me is broader than that. The metaverse doesn't really mean that there's only one place, there's multiple metaverses. Mm. It's kind of a a very broad term for that convergence. But the easiest way to explain it is this. You know, with uh, autonomous vehicles, for example, they're navigating the world uh, looking at data. So they read they they look at the world in ones and zeros. Right? We don't do that. (laughs) We, We see different things. But once we, once we get augmented reality glasses, we'll be seeing data in a totally different way. We'll be seeing holograms in front of us. We'll be seeing, you know, information on, you know, what is the best route to get to work instead of here, there might be an accident. You know, we'll be seeing a lot of those things that we see through the phone. We're going to see them in front of our eyes. And we're kind of going to be meeting the machines mm. in that place because it'll be the autonomous vehicles navigating the world, so looking at it through ones and zeros. We'll be navigating the world, looking at, looking at data in a totally different way. So it's kind of a place where we meet the machine. It's, you know, there's different words for it. There's mirror world, AR cloud, um, Facebook calls it live maps, Magic MagicLib used to call it the magic verse. I mean, there's so many different words for it. I tend to use metaverse, but it doesn't mean it's the only word.
0: Cool. I understand. And, and where do things like mixed reality or MR or extended reality, XR, where do they sort of fit in?
1: Yeah. So mixed reality was a really interesting term. Um, I think a lot of us used at at one point. It it definitely is a term that Microsoft uses across the spectrum for what they do. Mm. You know, I do feel that in the industry, the term extended reality or XR, in industry, it's the most widely used. Okay, And it's really an umbrella term for VR, AR, MR, and any other reality that might come.
0: (laughs) Got it. Catch all.
1: Catch all, yes.
0: So let's dive down into the world of retail. Mm -hmm. How do these technologies, I guess, how do they represent themselves in the world of retail?
1: So this is a really interesting thing in my perspective on how I see it, right? Because Mm. I am a futurist, so I do look into the future. I don't predict the future. I kind of try to understand what the future is. One of the biggest changes that I'm starting to see is what I call, or the question that I ask really is, is direct to avatar, the next direct to consumer.
2: Mm, Yeah. Okay.
1: And and this is kind of where I'm going with this. So when I was growing up and when you were growing up, probably. um, So when I was growing up, my brother and his friends would save their money to buy Air Jordans. Right? (laughs) Yeah. That was it. That was like (laughs) the ultimate thing. They would save all their money by these really expensive sneakers because that was the thing they really wanted to have. My children who are all under 10, Whenever they have a special occasion or they do some chores that they get paid for, they save that money, but they don't really save it to buy Air Jordans. They use it to buy Robux, which is a digital currency inside of Roblox, Mm. a video game. It's a video game to me, but to my children, it's a community. So they're using these Robux to buy skins for the avatars or, you know, uh, or what's called. So there's merch, right? The word merch. Um virtual merch is a Virch. <laughs> so they um they save it to use to buy Virch in game.
0: Got it. I, I we saw uh I think it was last week, Gucci released their virtual sneakers that you could wear in the augmented reality world on your phone, or you could take into Roblox and wear them there as well, which is an interesting piece in terms of the future of mm-hmm. should we call it digital clothing or virch. <laughs> I like that <laughs> term. It's yeah, shifts where people ultimately spend their time, and I think, like you say, when we were growing up, shops were where you would congregate with your friends, yeah. online video games and stuff just didn't exist right you could you could go to the video arcade or whatever, but not online and now where whether it's Roblox or frankly any of the other mainstream video games and and consoles and all that sort of stuff that's where you can have that community so I do wonder as we look to gen alpha and all of those sort of future adults is that going to be where retail is headed it's interesting
1: this is what i think i think the brands that are not thinking through their so digital when i say digital i mean more 3d when i say virtual i mean more ar vr you know okay taking the 3d elements and putting them in in some type of immersive experience so I think that the companies that are not thinking through their virtual strategy right now are missing the mark or not having enough foresight. Because there's statistics, there's numbers out there. Um, one of the last ones I read was said that the virtual goods market is supposed to be 400 billion by 2025, and that is everything from a sword in Minecraft to a Burberry skin in League of Legends, right, or something like that. Wow. Um, so it's a very broad range. It could be anything. It could be Gucci sneakers. It could be, you know, Gucci um, AR sneakers. It could be, yep. it's a very broad term. And obviously that might seem a little conservative. 400 billion is a big number, right? But yeah, <laughs> that might feel a little conservative now with non-fungible tokens and kind of the explosion that you're starting to see when you're buying a digital good of sorts, right? A digital digital collectible. mm So yeah, I mean, I think that the brands that are not thinking through or or just see it as a gimmick or just see it as, oh, this is going to pass. They don't understand that eventually one of their revenue streams will be digital.
0: Mm. Who's at the cutting edge of this right now in terms of they've had their virtual strategy in place for a few years and they're starting to really go strong on it. What retailers can you think of that are doing a, a great job of it?
1: Well, I think Gucci Gucci has been doing a lot. They've been very active. Burberry has been quite active. I mean, Ralph Lauren as well, I think is very, um, they're very innovative. They did the whole partnership with with Snapchat and, and Bitmoji, um, yep. which, you know, in hindsight, that was last year. And it seems, you know, at this point, it's like, hmm, it feels a little old. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's moved so fast. But I think that, you know, I think they're quite innovative as well in kind of their, their digital strategy. So, so yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of things there. Let me take it to a brick and mortar a little bit. Yeah. One of the things that we're starting to see in that space is more of the concept and the idea of experiential. Mm. There's eventually going to be a reason for you to go to the shop. Yep. Because you want to go to the shop because there's a special experience, because you're going to be able to unlock a special NFT or a special experience on site. So I think it's it's this convergence. There, there's a company called Meow Wolf. So if anyone that has never heard of them, please Google them. Meow Wolf. It's a collective of artists and creatives and just technologists. It's amazing. You have the kind of their main area in Santa Fe. They just opened a space in, in Las Vegas. And when I was in Magic League, we did a lot of work with them. They're actually funded by the author of Game of Thrones. <laughs> so it's like, okay. this is like big vision, really exciting stuff. And what they do is really on-location experiential experiences that are just mind-blowing. They're just incredibly exciting and What I see is this kind of this mixture of if you're going to go into a physical brick and mortar store, it's going to have to have an element of being experiential, Mm -hmm. right? It has to have something like that. Yep. You already have some element of that starting to happen. And in New York, have something called showfields where you go in and there's a whole bunch of different little vendors, but there's like, there's slides and there's this experience and that experience and like little hidden things that you can do in the store. So that kind of thing where there's an actual reason for me to go there is very exciting right so you're starting to see that from an ar vr perspective the founder of meow wolf actually went off and founded a company called spatial activations and spatial with a t not with a c so space spatial in physical space in in his premises I and mean, make he's working now towards the future his premise is that eventually when we're wearing glasses right when we move away from phones to glasses and I go into a store. I'm going to want to see some spatial programming in front of me, digital. Right now, if you go to a, you know a Starbucks or a restaurant, you expect to see a menu in front of you. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't, if, if, even if the whole menu isn't in front of you, you expect to see certain things at the store. It's going to become something like that, where every mom and pop shop or every hospital or every um, you know government office is going to need spatial activation.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting. It suddenly starts to massively touch all parts of of retail right both as a a challenge but also a huge opportunity thinking about that 400 billion number as well right it's very exciting what what do you say to people that perhaps are slightly slightly further away that you know virtual reality has been this sort of next big technology for i don't know how many years probably 20 years right why is now the right time
1: yeah I work in the industry and every year it's like, this is the year of VR. It'll finally be the year, <laughs> right? Um, you know, it, it, we've been waiting. Yeah, it's been a while. This is really interesting. And that's one of the reasons I like the term metaverse, because I don't necessarily want to think that it's only VR or it's only AR. It's like it's a convergence. It's a lot of different things. I mean, if you start to see what I call glimpses of the metaverse, right? Mm. In, um, you know, Travis Cotton Fortnite. Or uh, little Nas X in Roblox, right? Those are glimpses of the metaverse. Mm. You know, I think it was the statistic was that Travis Scott made twenty million in his Fortnite concert, whereas Taylor Swift made one hundred and eighty in a fifty-one world tour stop in twenty eighteen. Like, okay, yeah, there's a big span there, but think about it. Like, he made twenty million dollars for a twenty minute concert. (laughs) That was prerecorded. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, there's, there's something to say there for the power of the virtual world and the power of scalability, right? Mm. So I do a lot of work, for example, with holograms. I work at a, my, one of the many hats I wear is I'm a VP at Avatar Dimension, and it's a volumetric capture studio that has the, the Microsoft technology. or yep. part of the Microsoft family in that sense. And we do a lot of volumetric video or 3D performance capture. So it's holograms of people. So if people think through, you know, experiences in the future and like concerts, for example, let's say that a Taylor Swift could do a volumetric performance. She could be live in the Dallas stadium, but she might be going live with her hologram across different places. That means she wouldn't have to travel to all these 51 stops, which is quite grueling. Yep. And she would still make all that money. So it's about using technology to scale. And how does that make sense? Whether it is how to scale your business of physical clothing, or how do you scale your business as a performer? Mm. So yeah, it's thinking through what is the scalability opportunity, what's the revenue opportunity.
0: Yeah, I mean that makes a lot of sense, and in many ways, some of the sort of the very basic AR executions that we see at the moment. You know, I'm thinking things like IKEA doing the little AR furniture piece that you can sort of position in your room, for example, to check sizes, to check colors, and so on. That is, in a way. Scaling the shop to be able to come in to your living room in that particular example. And yeah, just beginning to think about what does that look like in terms of, yeah, taking that concept of scaling and multiplying it across. It gets kind of mind boggling in many ways, right? It could go in so many different directions.
1: Yeah, I'll give you an example that is not that far fetched that I, I experienced the other day. Mm. So I went to a store called Micro Center, where there's a lot of te- they said a lot of a lot of technology things, or like if you're building a computer in the United States, you go to a Micro Center to buy some of the components. But they sell everything. So when I went into the, in the into the store, they had kind of a display for the Oculus Quest two, and there's two Oculus Quests. One has more memory than the other, uh, so there's two price points. But there, I saw something I had not seen before at stores here in the U S and, um, and it's it, just follow me. It's not okay. It's a QR code, but it's not just the QR code. Okay. So there's something that said, um, scan the QR code to get immediate access to a VR expert. I was like, okay, that is pretty cool. It's not just scanning the QR code to give me a menu. Right. So I scanned the QR code and I played, you know, I obviously know the difference between the headsets at this point. I'm an expert, no, not an expert, but I'm <laughs> And I was, I'm going to play dumb. I'm playing, you know, I'm playing, you know, mom out shopping. Um, that's my, you know, so I scanned it and then waited. It was seamless Waited a couple seconds. All of a sudden someone pops up on my phone and she's like, hi, hi, you know, how, how can I help you? What do you want to know about Oculus Quest 2? And I had this conversation on my phone uh, with a lady that was very helpful and answered my questions, which I was like, what's the difference between the two headsets? Yep. Um, but it was really interesting.
0: You could have given us such a shock, right? <laughs> i really wanted to talk to you i've got some deep questions
1: (laughs) i really just want to see what was you know what would happen if i did this but as simple as that that's like the shop attainment uh the live streaming like buying like everything you see in tiktok and like the shop attainment but in store at a store so i I, you know i was thinking like who could use this Mm. right if it's the christmas season and the The teenager's mom comes into the store because her son really wants an Oculus Quest. She has no idea. Um, You know, it could be useful to someone like that, that Mm. has questions. That is like, I don't know what to get my teenage son. What do you recommend? Right. You know, and the store people will be able to advise her, but there's very, you know, less people working the floor, the shop floor. And if it's something like that, where you might have specific questions, I thought that was such a great use and a, a nice, a nice little glimpse into not even. I mean, that's that's not really metaversey, but it's a little glimpse at what what could potentially, you know, what what could come down the line. Mm. A real world example of something that I thought was like, oh, this is a brilliant application of a QR code to be able to help me and you know and reduce any friction when I'm out there shopping.
0: Yep, yeah, that makes sense. And actually, you begin to imagine that in you know in a in a virtual world. Yeah. Actually, how do you how do you suddenly connect to other? real people and in a retail setting that might be both experts in the particular product or the particular brand that we're talking about, but it could also be a community aspect as well in terms of connecting with other passionate customers, right? And just enjoying whatever it is that that, that you do and you know, connecting to people around, around the world instantly, right? It could be very interesting. What are the core challenges that retailers must face into when thinking about this virtual strategy
1: yeah i think it's there's so few people that have this type of knowledge that i currently have because i've been in the space for so long there's, there's only seven people they can work with which is i think a challenge in itself like i'll <laughs> I'll get brands come to me and you know i might be on a project and i just can't help them I and mean, but you know i'll refer refer them to someone um but you know, obviously any brands out there, please do call me, but <laughs> but you know I think it's kind of finding the right person that actually knows what they're talking about, I think is incredibly important. Understanding and making sense of the data and understanding you know, with non-fungible tokens, for example. Mm. It's crazy. Like everyone wants to jump in. but in reality, what are the considerations you need to have as a brand? There's a lot of considerations you need to have as a brand, right? If you're going to jump into this space and you're going to be giving people something or people are going to be giving you uh, eth, or Bitcoin, like, what are you going to do with that? How do you store it? What does that mean for your financial? Uh, how, what does that mean for your taxes? Mm. You know, it, it, there's a lot of implications that companies need to think through when they're when they're jumping into these spaces. It's quite interesting. You know, I think that's one of the challenges, understanding what makes sense for the brand. Mm. Another thing is, if you're going to jump into the metaverse, how do you do it organically in a way that makes sense? Yep. This happens with gaming all the time where it's like, oh, can you put my product in the game? It's not about putting your product in the game. It's about organically getting into the game and doing something with the community that they actually want to do. So it's not product placement. It's not getting the Coke can in the game. That's not going to change sales. That's going to change my (laughs) loyalty. It's how do you (laughs) enter and truly become part of that community and impact that community of gamers? Mm. That's such a correlation there with the gaming space, it's all, it's all interconnected, right? It's all interconnected anyway.
0: So. Mm. It's really interesting. I I remember seeing brands, real brands starting to advertise product placement and stuff in games, probably about a couple of years ago was the first time I noticed it again. It's such a growing market as you start to get into these big immersive worlds, whether it's a, whether it's a community or a game, right? (laughs) There are so many, so many challenges, right?
1: And this is where I think for, for brands, they need to start to think through, you know, right now I'm, I had someone reach out to me and say, Hey, we we'd love to work with you. Maybe you could come on board as our head of branded worlds. Mm. I mean, this is where we're going, where brands will create their own worlds in this metaverse. So who's going to manage that? I mean, I, I wrote an article the other day on like jobs of the future. And one of them was chief reality officer. Like that sounds a little far fetched, but no, this is already starting to happen. Yeah, wow. Right? Is chief reality officer, the next CMO or the next CXO a chief reality officer, right? Mm. And just like social media and the mobile phone revolutionized everything, what comes with glasses and what comes with this metaverse also revolutionizes things. Right? So
0: mm. <laughs> I mean, we've touched on some fairly radical ideas here already today. I, th- I think that will will blow people's minds. But let's let's just make sure that we are 100% blowing people's minds. Let's start to cast our, our vision into the future and think, what is possible with, with this world?
1: Let's think really out there. One of the things I've been tracking in a project I'm working on right now, believe it or not, is space marketing. Okay. So not even in-world. <laughs> not even in for We're talking about outside of Earth. And this is really interesting. So in the 2000s, Pizza Hut paid a million dollars to send a pizza up to a cosmonaut in the ISS. Okay. Fast forward to last year, Estee Lauder paid, I think it was 218,000, something like that, to send 10 bottles of serum, of beauty serum up to uh, the ISS and had uh, the astronauts take pictures Mm -hmm. of the serum and first beauty product in space. Um, You know, so considerable difference from a million to (laughs) 200,000. So space marketing is going down in price, Um, but there's several, several implications, right? The cost, Also, um, you know, when you think about it, are astronauts becoming the next creative directors? I mean, are they becoming influencers? Like, what does that even mean when the actual astronauts are the ones that are taking the pictures? Yeah. So that's another implication. And what you're starting to see, you see, you know, Tom Mm. Cruise is going to be filming part of a movie, partially in space, not all of it, just a part. Commercial, you know, commercial flights are coming. During the Super Bowl here in the US, we had, you know, the first ad for the SpaceX flight to try to win a seat on it. Yep. This commercialization of space. I think is really an interesting trend. It's something that is quite exciting. Um, you're going to be seeing a lot of space marketing or space activations during the World Cup in Qatar. And, you know, I'm currently working on a space marketing project. So, so yeah, don't limit yourself. This is, my, this is, I think, the biggest thing, biggest takeaway. If anyone's listening to this, like, okay, this is insane. Um, don't limit yourself to the physical world. There are so many retail opportunities in the virtual world as well as in space.
0: <laughs> there you go. So open up your store, the local ISS convenience store. <laughs> Popping and getting all your yogurt.
1: Terraform or have a space colony that's floating in space. Depends on who, you know, who, if it's Elon Musk or Bezos, <laughs> depends on where we live. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be quite interesting to, to see what happens in, in space.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's really interesting because just provoking a thought here, you know, Hollywood often have these sort of really way out their ideas, right. In some of the, some of the big blockbusters that you think that will never happen. And then yeah turns out 10 years time, actually we're not that far away from that particular thing coming into place. There's been lots of, lots of examples. And I think it's a, a great source of inspiration as to what could be possible. So what are you seeing in Hollywood movies as well that you think, wow, this could be amazing?
1: Well, it, it's interesting because it's a whole part of um, speculative futures, design futures, or you're using science fiction uh, to understand futures. and That's all a whole discipline and strategic foresight. Um, kind of one of, my, one of the things that I practice is, is related to that. You know, I've, I've started to do more, let's say, consulting with TV shows or documentaries or um, not movies yet, but more TV shows and documentaries, hopefully one movie in the future. I'm advising them, you know, on some of the things. Like, what what would make sense if this were to be the technology of the future or if this were, you know, to be whatever? So, so yeah, the science fiction does inform some of that innovation. Just like, you know, Neil Stevenson's metaverse term comes from a sci-fi novel. Now we're using it more, you know, just the other day, CNBC was covering the metaverse with Roblox's IPO, and they were using the term metaverse.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing. Kathy, this has been such a... A fantastic conversation, really gone in lots of different directions. And I'm sure people's minds will be left spinning. How can people find out more? How can they get in touch?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, LinkedIn is definitely a place where I share uh, a lot of really fun content. You and I had talked about that. Um, fun, scary, exciting, a little bit of everything. Because <laughs> I really do live this technology. Like I don't just, I, I share great articles, but I write them myself. And then I also share my experiences with technology. So LinkedIn, Kathy Hackle, H-A-C-K-L is my last name. Um, They can find me there all across social and um, feel free to connect.
0: Amazing. Well, I would 100% recommend uh, connecting with Kathy. She does share some really incredible stuff, really blow your mind stuff. I remember seeing um, the example we touched on with the VR code and it sort of, it sets new ways of thinking into your head. So definitely worthwhile reaching out and connecting with Kathy. If you've got any questions, Yes, do reach out and let us know. I'll make sure we put all those links on the show notes page today. But Kathy, thank you for joining me here on the Retail Transformation Show. It's been really a great conversation. Really appreciate you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. I'll see you in the metaverse, Oliver.
0: So that was my conversation there with Kathy Hackle, exploring the world of AR and VR and what retail will look like in the metaverse. I found it a really interesting conversation. Lots of different elements that I hadn't considered. And I think in particular, one of the key points was actually quite early on in terms of understanding the shift in the gaming industry into a community and actually how Virch will become this huge opportunity for retail. We're already starting to see it, but I personally think we're only at the very, very tip of the iceberg. There'll be a lot more to come in the coming years. So if you have not already started thinking about this, then maybe now is the right time to just start to consider how you're going to build that virtual strategy. There were loads of examples. And if you want to find out more about any of those, as well as get in touch with Kathy and check out some of the links, then do head over to the show notes page today at obandco.uk slash 128. And if you're wondering, what should I listen to next? Well, let me put a few recommendations out there for you. First up, do go and check out episode 125, number 125, which dived into eight factors shaping technology-led transformation. And I'm sure you'll agree a lot of these are very tech-heavy solutions that we've been talking about over the past 25 minutes or so. So episode 125 of the Retail Transformation Show is a great listen for you. And then I'd also recommend you go and check out episode 99, where Michael Grange joined to talk about how to use retail technology effectively, which was a great conversation. And of course, Michael joined on the very next episode, episode 100, where he turned the tables and he interviewed me for a change. So do go and check out some of those episodes. If you can't remember what those numbers are, the place to head is the show notes for today, which one last time is obandco.uk slash 128. Thank you for tuning in. Do remember to hit subscribe in your favorite podcast player to catch new episodes which come out every single week. And hey, please do tell a colleague or a friend or a peer about the Retail Transformation Show and encourage them to tune in and pick up the insight, ideas and inspiration to transform retail. Thanks in advance. And I'll look forward to joining you in another episode very soon. Bye for now.